Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is up? Welcome to Off the Bench. We are back, baby. Back from a few days off. Looking forward to be back in the room with you guys. Can't wait to talk some NBA stuff as the Rockets are on fire. Uh, Hannah's back. Debo's back. The crew is back together. How was the trip, man? How was the basketball? Cause you were, you were at a basketball tournament with yeah. your boys. How'd we, it go? We went to the John Lucas. It went great. It um, did. the kids, it was their first time on a major, major stage like that. And, um, I think they represented well. We took, we took a tough loss to the number one team in the country, the CP3 stars. Um, they're a very good basketball team. And then we lost in the round of 16 by one to John Lucas's team in John Lucas's event. And I'll just leave it like that. But the kids played well, and I think they earned a little bit of respect for a team that no one had ever heard of. So your anger management training is paying off? Oh, I was great. I was fantastic. My Some of my parents, I can't say the same for them. But, right. yeah, I was good because, you know, I'm, I'm realistic about it. Like, we weren't going to go there and win that event. It was for us to gauge where we were on the national scene um, and then to figure out where we need to go from there. And so I think we accomplished that, and the kids really did for their first time out. I think they made some noise. There were some people asking about where we were from and who we were, and, and that's what we wanted to achieve. Nice. That's awesome. And it's it must have been a great experience. Just pass the torch to other angry parents. Yeah. <laughs> Take this one, guys. Yeah. I'm going to sit this one out. Yes. I'm in that mode where we went on vacation. Yeah. And I feel like I have a vacation hangover. Yeah. And I, it's not because we were in Colorado and doing anything. It was literally because <laughs> chasing after three kids on vacation is like work. Dude. And like Hannah I and Debo cannot. They have no, you, they like, cannot you relate. Have, you have no No, no. I, you're right. I can't relate to that. But I also say it's good to go and it's good to come home because yes. I, whenever you come home from vacation, you need like a day to really oh. settle in. Yeah. Dude, look, so let, just let me trump that real quick. Just re- <laughs> I had... There were 12 kids that we could take on the roster, right? And, and then I had a couple like five-year-olds that are younger siblings. And so what happened was I rented a 15-passenger van to to take the team around. Um, and parents wound up getting their own little transportation. So it wound up with me and my dad <laughs> chaperoning 15 kids between the ages of 11 and 5 everywhere all weekend while their parents just were like, yeah, we'll meet you later. It was fantastic. I wish I could picture I slept you. I all day was yesterday. video of you driving around oh. with 15 kids in the back of that van. Incredible. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Oh. All right. We have some new uh, bells and whistles, some new toys to play with. So uh, the first one, let's get to it. We're going to talk some NFL. Debo, what do we got? Like it, love it, hate it. So cool. <laughs> all right. <laughs> love it's it. actually me, guys. Hate it. Do we like, love it, or hate it, the new voiceover? Uh, like it. Okay. I like it. All right. Love Adds it. another element. I, I think it could be love bigger. It. I think, we, I, think, I think it should be a little bigger. I think we need more. more. All right. So, like it, love it, or hate it. So, according to Bovada, Saquon Barkley is now the favorite to be selected number one overall by the Browns. I love it. Uh, I, I know I'm not a football purist with this take because, like, the position's been devalued, right? You could kind of plug in a quarterback, I mean, a running back and go. But for the Browns with the number one pick, uh, well, let's just talk about his, his, his combine workout. Oh. Like his video game numbers. Yeah. Like there was some silly stuff that he was doing with the 40 time, 441, 29 reps on the bench and a 41 inch vert. I thought my vert was good. I went 40 inches when I came out and that was like real. Yeah. 41 is sick. Um, but you, you got Deshaun Kaiser. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, 
And so you have a quarterback prospect from last year. You also have, what is it, the fourth pick in the draft? Mm-hmm. One of those top three guys is going to be there in, in terms of quarterbacks. So if you go get, you go out and you get yourself a, a running back that's, that's sick like that, you're going to assure yourself another shot at a quarterback at four. I think it's great. I love it too. Cause I think if you're the number one overall pick in the draft, and really if you're a top 10 pick, I think you should be projected to be a seven, eight, nine-year Pro Bowl player. Right. Not a seven- or eight-year NFL guy, but Pro a Bowl. Pro Bowl player. When I look at these quarterbacks, I can't pinpoint one and say, that guy's a Pro Bowler for sure. Like, they seem very much coin flips. There's red flags with each one of them for different reasons. For Saquon Barkley, and for me, I hate when guys rise in the combine process. I like when I put on the tape and I watch film and I see a difference maker on the field, and that's what I see with Saquon Barkley. Yep. And then he added to that, what I already liked, he, you know, made me like him more with the physical skill set that he sure. brings and the, and the testing off the charts. One NFL assistant coach on Saquon Barkley said, quote, I would punch myself in the nuts many, many, many times to be able to draft him. Why? I love I, it. I don't get that. I, I mean, I guess it kind of speaks to what you would do. So right. I, and the, the whole thing with the running back being devalued, I think there's been a resurgence of the running back position. In the last three or four years. Right. And the Cowboys really started it by taking Ezekiel Elliott a couple years ago at four overall, I believe. And I think that helped change everybody's mindset. And NFL is a copycat league. So everybody's like, oh, the Cowboys did it. And look, it worked for them. So now we can do it. So I think that stigma is gone. So I think for that reason, Saquon Barkley goes number one. I do have a question, though. So yeah. I like I know Bavada has Saquon Barkley as a favorite to be selected number one. But also, knowing that the, the Browns get that number one pick, do you still want to be number one? Like, is that, no, seriously. <laughs> no, like, yeah. It, well, that was a big co- topic like, of conversation. Josh Rosen had to actually clarify that he did not say he didn't want to go to the Browns because they're mm-hmm. the Browns, like, because they're, they're right. awful. So it is, it is a like, real you thing. You don't want to go to the Browns. Team. Like, you don't. I would not, like, if I was Saquon Barkley, I would have done a little bit less. It's definitely better. <laughs> like, it's better. <laughs> right? You would have like, tanked. Tanked the tanked, combine. I mean, like, I would have, honestly, in, like not no, even try, go to tanked. That's a very, it's a very right. real thing though, because like you, you do, you want to be drafted number one, you want to be the best, but there's a party that definitely does not want to go and lock into being in Cleveland, um, in terms of a town. And I, no Unless disrespect really to Cleveland, you change it. but when you're talking about Cleveland or, or I mean, who's number two? Giants. Uh, Giants, yeah. New York. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, no, it's not right. even, it's not even a choice. So, you, so yeah. Hannah would have done an Orlando Brown, who was the tackle from Oklahoma, who did awful. Like they're saying it was one of the <laughs> epically bad combines of all time for anybody. He's offensive lineman for Oklahoma. Jeez. And he like ran a 5-3. Like they, the coaches, this never happens. The coaches that were conducting the drills on the field, like NFL coaches, they're yelling at him saying, we need more effort. <laughs> this is the combine. You're supposed to be ready more to effort. go. Yes. He, I, it'll be interesting to see where he gets five, drafted. 58540. Oh yeah. Just, I, 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 five, I gave him way too much. Five, yes. Like the commissioner ran a, 14 a cover on the bench as 14. a 345 pounder. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Jeez. All right. Let's keep it rolling here. Let's get to uh some more. Like it, love it, hate it. <laughs> All right. The Steelers uh decided to use the franchise tag again on Le'Veon Bell. Uh I mean I I like it. Like uh, it. Flat line. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's flat. It's <laughs> yeah, flat. flat I, line. I want them to be able to figure out some some common ground and 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 get something done. Uh, you guys were just talking about. I mean, he's the highest paid running back in the, the highest league. paid right now. He's getting fourteen and a half. The second is Devontae Freeman from Atlanta's eight eight point two. Lashawn McCoy is at eight. Leonard Fournette is at six point seven. So like he's considerably 
Higher pay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost 50%. Like, what, how much is he asking for? I it's don't. It's gotta be the guaranteed money. And I'm, it's, it's every player wants long-term security. I right? mean, two in that league. Absolutely. I mean, that, you know, you're, you're one injury away from, from having your money taken away from you. So, I mean, I like it. I think they need to get it done. This kind of extends their ability to do that, right? It mm-hmm. extends the ability to kind of iron something out there. But, um, I, it's not moving the needle for me one way or the other. I just, I, he needs to be okay with being the highest paid player. They need to figure out how to get him enough to 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 lock him up uh, and stop BSing around with this. I guy. like the fact that they franchised him. I hate the fact that they can't get something done because this is going to be ugly. He's right. going to hold out training camp. He's not going to go there. I think he needs to be careful because players always see themselves with a higher value than they actually are sure. worth, right? And at his position, I don't know if the Steelers feel the same way that we were just talking about the Cowboys and the rest of the league feels about running backs. They probably feel, hey – we can plug somebody else in for a much cheaper and save some money in the salary cap. The other thing Le'Veon Bell needs to be careful with, he's playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And that that makes his job a lot easier. But I'm sure Ben Roethlisberger is also going into the front office saying we can't lose this guy because it makes Ben's it makes ben jobs job a lot easier too. I just – I don't know how this is going to go down. You, you don't think they get this done before – I don't think so. I think he'll actually come in, into training camp and he'll do, he'll hold out. That's the only that's the part that sucks in all this is that's his only leverage is to say he won't play, which fans don't understand. Fans will you know start to see he's greedy. I would never fault a guy for using any leverage he can. Right. And he I, I, maybe he's have to sit out a regular season game. But last year Aaron Donald played chicken with the Rams and they never fault they never wavered and he ended up coming back missed a couple games i hate seeing players miss games so end. hopefully they get it done that's that lockout that lockout mentality like guys it all sounds good until those checks stop coming in yeah and you're sitting there waiting <laughs> exactly. and waiting and waiting then and that and harsh then, reality yeah, comes for sure all right next up like it love it hate it all right some wide receivers uh do not get tagged Allen robinson our boy friend of the show from the jaguars now uh free agent sammy Watkins as well do not get tagged like it love it or hate it like it again? Like, can I be more like, just, I don't know. Uh, like it. So I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, what do I want to say about this? I like, they're nice receivers, right? They're nice receivers, but I don't know that that's something that would absolutely scare the living bejesus out of me if I was a franchise to lose them. And right. I say that affectionately, like they, they, for me to, for me to franchise a guy and, 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 uh, you'd have to be someone that, that, Look, I got to get this deal done with, and I cannot lose him. And so I got to lock it up. I mean, it, it would have to be we cannot screw this up type of talent and and production. And I just don't see those two as. That yeah, guy. I think it's pretty easy for these. I, Sammy Watkins, there's something off about him. I don't. He's yeah. he's not been as productive. <laughs> You're a Bills fan, you know I that know. very well. Uh, <laughs> so he hasn't been as productive. He hasn't uh, reached the expectations that people expected from him. And Allen Robinson's coming off a major injury. So for both of these, they make sense. So I'm I'm the same boat. Like yeah. I like it. I think it's good for them to be able to shop around. Maybe they'll get in better situations. And um, ultimately, I think this is, makes sense for both clubs to yeah. let them go. And I think it'll be a good thing for these receivers to get a fresh spot. All right, let's get to some NBA talk because this has been a, a hot topic of discussion with the NCAA scandal that's going on. And I am so glad this has happened because the NCAA gets trashed, but I always felt like the solution to the problem was the NBA getting involved. And Adam Silver comes out, said they're going to discuss it, and it sounds like we're headed in this direction where they're going to push to change the rule and get rid of the one and done, which I think is the best thing they can do right now. Yeah, I think they need they need to do that. Um, they have to work together. This is it's not it's not a one way street either from the NCAA side or the NBA side. Uh, so there has to be dialogue, which apparently there is now. I the start is obviously getting rid of the one and done. 
Uh, but like to Steve Kerr's point, the point we made on the air and you were talking about it, like uh, allowing these kids to explore their opportunity and then have options if, if the opportunities are what they want. That's huge, too, because you need choices, right? Like you need to be able to to uh, do what's best for you and not be locked in, especially in an age where your mind can change every you know, 25, 30 minutes. So I think they're on the right track. And I agree with Steve Kerr. Like it's not that hard to figure out a system that works. Everyone's got to be willing to listen to the other side and, and do what's best for, for everybody. So the, there's a discussion in there too. This, I, I find this interesting. The G league salary right now is a max of 26,000. They're talking about changing that. Cause you know, where, where is that money there? If you look at minor league baseball, you make not even 26,000. Like yeah. this is up, like this is kind of the open market. And this is where I think that players will actually look at the NCA and college basketball as a pretty good option. Right. But what you can do is you can guarantee the money up front with signing bonuses, which is what they do in baseball. Uh, so you get them some financial security and then they go play for whatever the minor league salary is or a G league salary. Well, here's the deal though. Like if you're going to get said university to offer you a hundred K, and the G League is only going to pay you 26 racks. Mm-hmm. You're still going to get a bunch of kids going to said university for 100K. So if the universities are still going to outpay the minor leagues, like you don't have that opportunity in, 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 I'm sure you do in baseball, but, but point being, like you've got to make that salary substantial enough mm-hmm. to where a university isn't going to be able to outpay you on the regular to get the kid. Right. But I think from where my perspective is I'm thinking about, is the guy who's a first round pick or a lottery pick that's that's going to come out the elite guys that will be draftable where they can get a signing bonus of three or four million and yeah. then if they're not ready to step into an NBA lineup, you can put them in They the do have a place sure. where you can develop them because that's that's ideal of what a developmental league should be, right? It yeah. should be an opportunity for players to grow, to mature, but it's it's not easy. I think the best uh, and Steve Kerr, I'm glad he brought this up because if you're drafted and you don't. Like the money that you're getting, you don't like the opportunity that you can go actually go back to college because it's way too restrictive the way it is now with the NBA or it was with the one and done where, hey, you got drafted, you're done. Like you don't have any other options. Like if they don't like the opportunity, then go back to college. So what I don't understand baseball's model though. So like when you get drafted, if you choose to go back to school, then when you put your name back in the draft, are those rights still held or are you? No, so you're, you're back totally. You're entered the draft again, totally renewed, right? Really? So you have to go to college. For three years, okay. you can go to junior college for two years. Okay. But like you're disappeared off the planet if you do that you in basketball. Right. But I, that's, that's the other interesting angle of all this is what is the requirement then? Are they going to, can players still leave after one year? Will there still be quote one and done? Right. Will they make it two years? Will they make it three? Like that to me is the, the devil's in the details. Like what does this whole thing look like, uh, in the long run? Cause it's still, it's, it's a complicated problem. It's a good problem that I think they're discussing. And they're going to find some solutions to it. But I think they're a long way from those solutions. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, when we get there. All right. If you don't know by now, you guys are missing out. Because there is a whole new way to get your sports, scores, news, and highlights for all things March Madness, NFL, NBA, all your favorite sports. It's right here at CBS Sports HQ. It's the brand new 24-7 streaming sports information channel that's always on. It's completely free. That's the cool thing. A lot of these OTT services, you have to pay a subscription. Not here at CBS Sports HQ. You can stream it anytime on the CBS Sports app for Apple TV, Roku, your phone, and other connected devices. Or just go online and watch at CBSSportsHQ.com. You can see me and Raja breaking things down. In a more formal thing, you can see Raja on a suit, which is a pretty – it's a rare spectacle. Yeah. It is. The same suit. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Next up. Here's what's happening with Hannah. 
Honestly, yeah. it's never been more official. All right. <laughs> Gonzaga basketball synonymous with March at this point as last year's national runner-up figures to be in contention once again this season. The number six Bulldogs overwhelmed BYU 74-54 on Tuesday to capture their sixth straight West Coast Conference title. Meanwhile, Wright State, Charleston, LIU, Brooklyn, and South Dakota State are all dancing after winning their conference tourneys last night. The Zags, baby. In a year where it looks like anybody could win this thing, we've seen college upsets all across college basketball, Zags might be pretty good value if you want to lay some money on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. CBS Sports College Basketball Insider Gary Parrish reporting that Memphis Hoops is seriously considering firing Tubby Smith and replacing him with local legend Penny Hardaway. Penny currently serves as a youth and high school coach in the area. Smith is 38 and 25 in two seasons at Memphis. Uh, I like Tubby Smith, but I'm not I'm not averse to bringing Penny in and letting him do the job. I mean, he from the point guard position, I mean, he played the game at a super high level, super cerebral. He's great with kids. His high school teams there are, are really, really good. Um, he's a Memphis guy. I think that I think that's great for a program like Memphis, who's trying to. Uh, trying to climb back to national prominence. Over to the NBA. Not much ailing the Pelicans right now, even actual ailments. Anthony Davis scored 31 points after suffering a rib contusion to lead New Orleans to their ninth straight victory. Davis finishes with 41 against the Clippers as the Pelicans now solely in fourth place in the West. The Blazers, they're in third, currently riding an eight-game winning streak following a blowout victory over the Knicks on Tuesday. Those Pelicans fly, Pelican. <laughs> like Anthony Davis yeah. MVP talk? Uh, no, ah. a damn MVP talk. No, but no, he he's creeping in the conversation. If he continues the season out like that, what's interesting to me is Boogie Boogie is out, and if your team is going to continue trending like this towards the end of the season, is Boogie free at the end of the season? That puts you in a really interesting spot. I mean, I would imagine they retain him because they got like you would have given up. You kind of forced for to nothing, him. yeah. But but uh, it's just interesting that they're playing this well without him. Over in Chicago, the Bulls aren't running their guys enough, so the NBA has stepped in. Chicago has reportedly been told they are resting healthy players too much in a not-so-secretive tanking attempt, so the league has warned the team. So expect more playing time for vets like Robin Lopez and Justin Holiday in the final six weeks of the regular season. This is really a crazy dynamic <laughs> because Adam Silver wants to eliminate it from the league, but it is a strategy that teams try to implement. Uh, and I don't, can you have a commissioner or the NBA office get involved I don't love in that who's at playing all. on the court? Like, I don't that love doesn't that. seem cool. Nope. And last but not least, college kids, of course, are always concerned about their future. Well, Houston defensive lineman Ed Oliver has his future figured out, and it includes leaving college early. After the Cougars' first spring practice, Oliver gets a head start and tells reporters that he will forego a year of eligibility and declare for the 2019 NFL Draft, where he could be the number one overall pick. This dude's dominant. He came in as a true freshman two years ago and started dominating. He had a huge game on a national stage when he got after Lamar Jackson, who you know we're seeing come out in the draft this year, and he just continued to dominate at Houston. So no surprise there. I thought it was interesting that he announced this early because there's really no reason to. But it, it wasn't any secret at all. All right, let's welcome our guest to the show. I teased this on Twitter because I feel like we need a real quarterback on the show. Right. I was just, you know, mostly a backup. I haven't yeah. played in like 15 years. We need somebody more current. Sure. So we got Dan Orlovsky, 12 years in the NFL, played as recently as 2017. And more importantly, took time out from his busy vacation with his family at Disney World. Uh, what's going on, man? Not much. It's good to be here to join you guys. So uh, is the family, it's early in the morning when we're taping this. It's 7 a.m. So the kids aren't like harassing you to get you to go to the Magic Kingdom? Like to, which park know? are you going to no. today? 
We're we're at Epcot Day. We we actually did the whole Magic Kingdom light up the castle fireworks show last night. So we didn't get back to late. So the timing of it kind of benefited me because my kids are still sleeping, but they'll wake up roaring to go to Epcot. Ugh, no doubt. Did you guys? Coffee. Did you do speed pass or anything like that? Like, what was <laughs> the strategy fast. going into? Yeah. No, we had some fast passes for sure, but this time of year is actually not a terrible time to go because the lines aren't, you know, agro- egregiously long, but. No, so the Magic Kingdom experience last night was one one and of itself because <laughs> there's about four gajillion people packed into a yeah. right in front of the castle, and then some for some reason Magic Kingdom is like, well, you guys just keep backing up, backing up, backing up. So and then you have the seven year old adults who try to stand in front of kids. So. <laughs> oh man! All right, so you uh, have been doing a lot of stuff on Twitter. You've started the Backup Plan podcast. You can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Orlovsky Seven. Uh, but one of the topics we've been discussing on here a lot is Roger Goodell. The competition committee has been changing a lot of rules. You have an interesting rule that you want to propose, and that's the end zone should be 11 yards. Well, just think about how different the narrative would be around my name if they did that for me. You know, like, Personally. Everyone wouldn't think I'm as dumb as they do. I would have to daily have people hitting me on Twitter with a, a YouTube video of me running out of the end zone. So. Oh, they really do that. That's awful. Well, look, I have a, I have a moment like that. Like I, I have like when people say my name, the first thing that comes to mind is like this clothesline, and I deal with it on a daily. Like, how often is that something that you have to either explain or or say, yeah, buddy, I know, I remember. Like, how often do you get reminded of it? Oh, I get reminded of it daily. <laughs> I don't necessarily respond anymore just because I, I feel like I've done that enough. I've honestly entertaining. You know, like Danny said, I've been breaking down a bunch of tape. I may try to find that play and break it down with a serious tone so people have no idea what I'm talking about or they're super confused about it. So we actually have that in common because I did it. It wasn't as big of a deal as yours, but I did it at the Orange Bowl. And I, I was telling our producer this before the show. He had no idea. Very similar play. We were backed up, and there was kind of a roll to the left, and I was rolling out, kind of lost where I was. I didn't go quite as far out of the end zone, but I still I took a safety. Like I, I stepped out of bounds. I think people don't realize it's a little bit harder to, to perception wise to feel where you are on the field in that situation when you have three hundred pound dudes coming at you. I couldn't you. even like imagine. It's, it's explainable, right? Wait, wait. This <laughs> this makes me feel good. This makes me feel good. I didn't know I, was, I wasn't. I'm not alone. Right. I'm so, not alone. This is encouraging news. I. I to be honest, I'm going to track down that tape. I don't know if I have to contact the video guy or something like that, but I will do whatever I can to get my hands on that tape. No, it's, it's one of those things where I was back there, like, catching the snap five yards deep in the end zone. And, and you know, like, I've been in countless meetings where a head coach will grab a punter during a backed-up punt situation and take him, walk him to the back of the end zone, then take one giant step forward and be like, you cannot step back because, obviously, stepping out of the end zone. But we, I had never been in that situation or been – you know, briefed on, hey, you, you've got to be more aware of where you are because naturally as a quarterback, you when you feel rush, you either climb a pocket up or you move horizontally with a little bit of depth away from it from where it's coming. And I just moved with too much depth and all of a sudden I was a yard out of the end zone. <laughs> See, I'm, it's on the coaches. I, th- I think we should blame the coaches. They should know when you should call that drop back or roll out. They should know exactly how much room is there. And if there's not enough room, it's on them because we are robots. We just you know, do what we're told. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. <laughs> Nowadays I just tell people kids photoshopping videos. So I don't even claim <laughs> it anymore. Exactly. That's brilliant. All right, let's move on to the combine because I saw you breaking down the combine. But before we get to some of the prospects, do you remember – 
your measurables at the combine? Well, regretfully, probably, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I was probably like 6'5", 230. I had like a 29-inch vertical. I probably ran, I think it was like 499, somehow under 5 into 40. Um, Do you remember your Wonderlick? Probably like 7 feet. Do you remember your Wonderlick? My Wonderlick was, yeah, I think I was like 36 or 37. <laughs> All right, my boy Debo did some research. He said 30. So he's, he's got you on that one. So I also, I, I did, I actually didn't run the 40 at the combine because I was terrified I would put up something with a five, but that was my goal in the pro day was just to get something with a four in front of it. Like, was that, was that all you wanted to do as well? I didn't even think I could do that to be honest with you, but I didn't, my, my whole thing was, you know, like I was coming from UConn. So I wanted to go to the combine and do everything because, well, one, I had an awful senior bowl showing. And so I kind of needed to, go do some good things at the combine to, you know, rectify the bad that I had done. So I was just trying to not run like five, two, five, three, to be honest with you. I knew it was going to be poor, but I didn't know. I, I didn't know I could get into the fours. So I was stoked with that number. Well, what were your takeaways from this year's combine, the quarterback class specifically? Uh, well, I think the guy that, you know, Lamar Jackson, I'll start with him. Lamar Jackson kind of looks how I thought he would. His, like, in my opinion, the forum wasn't set for him to be successful. His greatest strength is obviously his athleticism, and there was no chance on that forum that he was going to be able to display that. And he just looked super reserved and held back to me. He wasn't, like, aggressively throwing the football. He definitely needs time to work on his mechanics, like, with his lower body. His, he stands very much so straight up. And his base, if you look at guys in the NFL, are consistently accurate with – it's with their base with Breeze and Brady and even Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Those guys are consistently accurate because they have a good, strong, wide base. The Mars is very straight up, so he needs time to work on that. It can be fixed, but a team's going to have to draft him knowing that it needs to, needs to take some time. You know, Josh Allen, for me, is a guy that I've been super questioning, kind of the 56% completion percentage, but he threw it really well. I was I was impressed. My downside or my nitpick on the combine for him is I don't need to see you throw 70-yard go routes because those don't happen in the NFL. I wanted to see one that went like 50 yards that was accurate, you know, over the shoulders and, and on time. And so I do think that, you know, he displayed arm strength-wise. I'm the, you know, I, he's the cream of the crop. The guy that really stood out to me was Baker Mayfield. You know, he, for the whole combine, he went into his press conference and kind of said some stuff, you know, I'm the best or I'm the most accurate or I feel like I'm the better better quarterback here kind of put a target on his back again and then he went out and proved it he threw the ball the best in my opinion he he handled himself he if you were just watching demeanor he had the best demeanor out of all the quarterbacks and then the one little thing that kind of hits me is when he throws he, he screws his back foot into the ground you know like kind of his back foot doesn't come through he screws it into the ground and the only other guy that i re remember doing that a ton was john elway and i just my brain started going and I know Kyle Shanahan loves that trait in a quarterback with their back foot because it promotes really good upper body mechanics. So I started to think, well, Kyle Shanahan loves it. And then I know everyone in the Kyle Shanahan tree loves it. And that means Jeremy Bates with the Jets loves it. And so that's kind of, you know, the connecting dots thing that happened in my mind with those guys. But I thought Baker was was head and shoulders above everybody else throwing the football. Yeah, he's got he has that rock star quality too. Like he feels himself pretty good and he he's got a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. The New York media would love him uh as long as he's winning, like as long as he's producing. And if he could bring that chip on his shoulder and have success there, they would fall in love for him. You said something that made me nervous for you and it's something that I 
tried to really temper myself coming into the combine. And that was saying that you you really liked watching Josh Allen throw. Because every time I think about Josh Allen, I have to say, well, what does the game film say? Because I think we, and I think the NFL scouts and coaches, I think they do the same thing. They fall in love with what a guy does in t-shirt, in a t-shirt and shorts, but he still only completed 56% of his passes in college. And I don't, I think people forget, like it's harder to complete passes in the NFL. Like the chances <laughs> of him going to increase his completion percentage is slim to none. And he's probably going to struggle for some. Um, but like, what, what do you think the challenges that he'll face playing at Wyoming? It's, it wasn't a power five school. You played at UConn. So you were in a similar type situation where you weren't playing against, uh, the top tier competition. Do, what do you think the biggest challenge that he'll face when he makes that leap? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just how fast everything moves, how fast everybody moves, not just, you know, the guys that you're playing with, but the defense that you're playing against and the complexity that it happens with. You know, I've gone on record saying, you know, for, for me with Allen in the combine, I think he's a third or fourth round pick. I think because he's talented enough, but he's not, he's a long way away from being able to go play in an NFL game. Like you said, it's going to be harder to do that in the games. But what I did like about the combine is, there were all these questions about his accuracy, obviously, the, the completion percentage. And then he, what, he, he decided, okay, I'm going to go throw, and I'm going to be accurate. And so that's the least he could do there is to pull back some of those reserves from, from other people going, okay, I watched him throw, he's accurate. But I do believe that, you know, my, my comparison for him with this or, or kind of historical, you know, looking at things historically is the guys that come from smaller schools that have gone on to be successful in the NFL absolutely dominated in college football. If you think of like Steve McNair, Dante Culpepper, Pennington, Joe Flacco, when all those guys that played at those smaller schools absolutely dominated in college. And Josh Allen never really dominated to me. You know, if you watch the tape and you watch and you look at all the game logs, there's no, wow, this guy absolutely dominated this game. And so that's my kind of concern i do think he's worth an investment somewhere middle round because of that those physical traits that he has those you know those those things that you can't just find out of everybody but i don't think he's a top five pick at all because of those those challenges of the accuracy and your accuracy is only going to get challenged more because of the athleticism and the complexity of nfl defenses yeah, that's interesting. I struggled with speed too when I when I made the jump from college. To Everybody the NBA. does. It, it doesn't was, matter where you play. Yeah. Everybody does. It's just a little bit more dramatic for a guy like him. For sure. Um, all right. I guess my question would be like, you were part of a winless season with the Lions in '08, right? And then you know they drafted yeah. Stafford number one overall. Are the are the Browns in their current position? Are they obligated to take a quarterback at number one? Do you see them doing that? Heck yeah! And um, if they like one. <laughs> Are they going to continue to do the, the trickery of, hey, we're going to draft this player and then we'll draft our quarterback a little later? You know, like, I just, for, for the Browns, it just makes no sense if they like one. I'm not, I'm not saying you do it just because you do it, but if you like one and you think you've got, like, if, if they're going to sit here and tell me we like Sam Darnold, then I've got to, you've got to tell me why you aren't going to take him at one. Don't tell me you, you love Saquon Barkley that much just because he ran fast and jumped high. I mean, Nothing against Saquon Barkley. He's a freak, and he's going to be a, a really an impactful player. But I just my 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 mind goes to the Vikings with Adrian Peterson. Yes, they had to take him, and it was a good pick. But even as good as he was, they still never became good enough, and they weren't good enough because they needed a quarterback. And so, you know, I just the, the Browns need a quarterback. They were the worst passing team in the NFL last year. The team, the position that's held them back the most is the quarterback position. So don't overthink it. If you like a guy, 
take them. It's like this. If you're a person who has a car and the Browns of the car and it keeps breaking down on you and you take it to a mechanic and they say, you need a new engine, meaning you need a new quarterback, but you're sitting there going, man, I really, that stereo system sounds really sweet. I think I'm going to take my money and invest in that. Well, so your car is not going to work. Yeah, but it's going to look and sound cool. And so that's my thing is like, go get your quarterback, someone to drive your car, the engine, and don't think about, you know, second guessing. Because as, as good as Saquon Barkley is, running backs don't change franchises for a decade. All right, so we covered the college quarterbacks, the combine coming out. Let's hit free agency a little bit. Would you rather sign Kirk Cousins if you're, let's say you're the Vikings or the Jets or some some team that's in the free agent market that's, that's looking for a quarterback, would you rather sign Kirk Cousins for twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty million, or AJ McCarron for Oof. fifteen to seventeen million? So about half, probably. Yeah. I think it's a no-brainer, Kirk Cousins, for me. If you're going to tell me McCarron for like seven, I would have entertained him more. But like, like Kirk Cousins for me is the no-brainer decision because he. If we're going to look at the NFL and we're going to say there's 32 positions, starting positions in the NFL, and you need to be a CEO of a company, basically as the starter, he checks all those boxes on and off the field. He's he's the CEO of a, a franchise, and then if you watch his tape and just watch him play. His greatest strength is that he has really, really good eyes. And Danny, as you know, 24 out of 25 times, those eyes are going to lead you down the right way and, and good things are going to happen. And then you're going to have a pick or two because you're, you're trusting your eyes. You're trusting what they're seeing, and sometimes your eyes get fooled. But to have that quality is, is not found commonly in quarterbacks, and I think it's what held, holds a lot of guys back. And if you're a team that you've got the cap space to go do it and – the, the window or the, the hole is there at the quarterback position, I think you run to Kirk Cousins. Because here's the thing, if you if you overspend a little bit by a couple million, I don't know how you know the numbers-wise, but if you overspend by a couple million dollars and it pays off, great. And if, it, if, if you don't overspend and you save that money and you invest it in a, a linebacker or a defensive tackle and, one, they get hurt because their bodies are getting abused more than a quarterback, or, two, they're relatively unproductive and less impactful, then you save the money for nothing. Whereas if you go roll your you roll the dice a little bit and you invest in a quarterback that you think could change your franchise for the next few years, maybe the next eight to ten, it's a no brainer because that's the position it's needed to go consistently win in the NFL. No doubt. I'm totally with you on that. I think Kirk Cousins is the no brainer option. I think he's the top ten quarterback. I think he's proved it for three years now. I don't know what more people need to see uh to just buy into Kirk Cousins. But I and I think if he gets in the right spot, he'll he's his career is gonna continue to, on the same trajectory that he's been on. All right, let's have some fun here towards the end here. Let's do some superlatives. So who was the you played twelve years in the NFL, a couple different teams. Who was the craziest ex teammate that you played with? Because I have a feeling it has uh, to be Pat you know, McAfee. McAfee was was different. I remember McAfee literally would just walk around with that fountain T-shirt that he sold, you know, the allegedly fountain <laughs> fountain T-shirt when he jumped into the fountain. But I'll say this, Brian Cushing. I remember I signed as a free agent down in Houston in 2009, and it was the first game, maybe it was 9 or uh, 10, I don't know when we drafted Cushing, but it was the first game that he was on our team. And it's seven minutes before we have to go out, you know, right before – kickoff in between warm-ups and in be, you know kickoff it's right before and so the whole team guys are doing their own thing getting ready and all of a sudden there's somebody in the bathroom just viciously vomiting and I'm like what's going on and Cushing 
is puking his brains out in the bathroom. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I don't, maybe he's sick, maybe he's nervous. Well, for the next 16 weeks, he did that, and he forced himself <laughs> oh to do that before games and before practices. It was just this weirdest, and he would come out, like, with this, like, you know, uh, jokerish smile on his face, like, all right, now I'm ready type thing. And I just remember thinking, we look at the game so differently. Like, I'm sitting here, you know, just calmly thinking about the game, and you're ready to go to essentially the movie 300 battle type stuff. So <laughs> he would be my craziest teammate. <laughs> All right, what is harder, diagnosing a blitz package in the NFL or raising triplet sons? Huh. Um, <laughs> probably diagnosing a blitz package. In the, no, raising triplets. Um, <laughs> you know, because I have a comfort level with football. My brain operates that way. If I do A and B, then C should happen. That doesn't happen as for everyone who has kids. They know that that doesn't happen. That was a huge struggle of mine early on was like, you know, I'd be sitting there and my wife would be looking at me. I'd be like, well, I did this and I did this, so this should happen. And she would just be like, it doesn't work that way with kids. They're not football. And so for sure the harder thing would be raising kids. Luckily, my wife is good at it, and I just kind of get out of the way. <laughs> Wait, how old are they? Uh, they're six. God bless you, bro. <laughs> God bless. All right, last question, brother. Um, what's the best ride at Disney? Not for the kids, because like, I go to Disney too, and there's always a ride where I'm like, all right, we're going to wait in this line for me, right? No matter what the kids want to do. What's your what's your favorite ride at Disney? I love that mindset, by the way. I'm going to have to adopt it in the next 48 hours. Uh, I think my favorite ride, I haven't, so I haven't been on Avatar, that new Avatar that everyone's raving about, so I can't sit here and tell you that, but I'm going to say Rock and Roller Coaster is is my favorite Good one answer. right now that I can get on. Nice. All right, you made a rookie mistake it used to be though. Going to railroad, but yeah, you made a now. you made a rookie mistake though going to uh, Disney over spring break. Like this time of year, the <laughs> lines are off the though. charts. That's that's maybe no, it's early no, no, enough. no. This this, this we're, we're not bad. Like our longest wait has been like forty minutes. <laughs> oh, oh my god! See, that's so a rookie move. Better you than me, bro. <laughs> that's so way bad. too long. I'm not waiting. I'm like, sorry, kids. No way. We're not. Going I would on this wait one. that long for Space Mountain only. That's it. And that's it. All right, guys. Forty minutes with triplets is easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, Dan. It's thanks. Easy. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. You were fantastic. Make sure you go check out Dan. He's got a new podcast called The Backup Plan. You can follow him at Twitter at Dan Orlovsky Seven. Uh, we appreciate it, man. You're crushing it already. Uh, I think you're going to do big things in this business if you want to continue to go this route. But I uh, appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Nah, I appreciate you guys having me. It was fun. All right. That was good stuff from Dan Orlovsky. Appreciate him coming on. We did some combine discussion. Awkward. And yeah, yeah, it was a little awkward because I had to call him out on his Wonderlick score. Like he was trying to sell us on 35, 36. Yeah. Debo did the research, came uh. out with 30. I think I had 48. Because there's no yeah. evidence of it out there. Because I've, I've looked for my score. I cannot find it anywhere. Right. Uh, so I'm just going to go with 48. Yeah, but Debo created our own off-the-bench Wonderlick test, right? Yeah. So just, what do you got for just us? Just a couple questions okay. to test your score. We don't have an official scoring system. Danny, download is to subscribe as the SEC is to blank. <laughs> Fill in the word here. <laughs> download is to subscribe. All right. As the SEC is to... So words that are frequently placed together. Yeah. Overrated? Think uh, <laughs> That is the word that you have. Fail. Wait, shut up. No Fail. Way. Is it really? Exactly what I have on the paper. Oh, yep. my God. No pre-planning. Right, Raji, you good at math? Um, no. <laughs> All right, well...
Tough one. Uh, I'm like what? really nervous for you guys at this moment. Like, <laughs> You're I'm involved, sweating. Hannah. I'm sweating oh too. My, my hands are really wet. I don't Ooh. like this. Raja, what's higher? The required height for NBA refs that you listed, that you suggested Correct. in inches. Correct. Or the number of average minutes per episode of off the bench plus 20. So you don't know that number. You could figure out the number of ref height what inches. What was the question again? <laughs> what? Definition please. What's higher? Yeah. Required height for NBA refs sure. that you listed or mm-hmm. suggested in mm-hmm. inches or the number of average minutes per episode of off the bench plus 20. Plus 20. Um, that's going to be really close, but I'm going to say the average height for refs. Yes. Yes. Ah. 75 mm-hmm. to 73 because yeah. we average 53 minutes an episode plus 20. Very nice. So you guys this thing. are doing well. Hannah, big math one here. Oh. No. I'm going to have to phone a friend. <laughs> have to. If we have 50 haters of the podcast <laughs> and these actions eliminate those haters, mm-hmm. Danny blocks four of them on Twitter. Raja clotheslines eight of them. And you hate eight of them. What percent of haters remain? <laughs> oh, jeez. What are you doing to me? Why are you doing this? What are you doing? She's not even taking notes. I'm not, I don't even, no, I, I can't even repeat what you just said. How many did we start with? Uh, yeah, 50. How many? 50. 50. And I you thought, eliminated 20? I thought he's, it was Raj is be... helping you. Yeah, Raj no, of got course. It. I like this his... is a team effort. This guy is spinning. I like the way he's working. <laughs> Wait, so what's the question? The percentage? 50% <laughs> <laughs> remain. He's still wow. here. So like, I got you, Hannah. Lifeline, baby. Raja is in <laughs> there. I said I had to phone a friend. Thanks, Raja. Um, Danny, back, back to you. Yeah. You have to answer this one pretty quickly. I'll give you like five seconds on okay. this <laughs> after I finish the question. Is the number of letters in Canel and Bell more or less or equal to the number you wore in college in the pros? Uh, I think five, you did this one. Four, three. Two. Greater than. Equal to. Oh! I was trying to to count them up as fast as I could. That was good. Equal to. That's a trick question. That is a trick question. Raja, what is the down and distance in Danny's throw in our intro song? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh. I don't don't even know. We've listened to it at least 42 times. I have it in my head. I know, right? Um, Third and ten? First and ten. First and ten. <laughs> Give you a little makeup here. What position player does he throw to? Oh, jeez. I don't even know this. Jeez, I have no what? idea. Running back. I don't back. know what play what it is. What sort of Running evil back. plot were you, That's like, created when you made That's the point of the Wonderlit. He checked it down. <laughs> yeah, but these are, these are evil. <laughs> he threw it to his tight end. His tight, I was going to say uh, tight end. I thought your questions were going to be, like, fun questions. This, the Wonderlick is, no. is not fun. This reminds me of, like, the F-cat. All right. All right, Danny, how many points did Raja score? When he scored that bucket in the opening to our show, how many points was he up to in that game? 17. 22 no for Raja. <laughs> <laughs> Who was on the call? <laughs> uh, Rod Hundley. Oh, there All it right. is. You recognize that. There you go. Sure. And uh, last one, Hannah. Who won the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> That's <sighs> Your team. All right. Thank you. I got one for Debo. <laughs> All right, Debo, you uh, ready? Yeah. This me. is an actual test from the one. This is an actual question from the Wonderlic. You ready? Yeah. Gertrude is ta- no. This is for real. Jeez. This is legit. Gertrude is taller than Janelle. Nancy is taller than Gertrude. Who is the tallest? Nancy. <laughs> I like the confidence. For I don't have the answer, so we'd have to go with teamwork. I feel like that was. Too simple. That was too easy. All but right. But that's then. the off the bench wonderlick. All right. There you go. Uh, so this is another one. These are actual Ted's. I have one more and then we'll go. Some Gombelsteins are <laughs> Panjanters and all Panjanters are Gerbelsons. Are some 
Gompelsteins, definitely Goebbelsons. Definitely. At yes. least at least ten percent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is those are two actual questions. Like remember yeah, we were talking about this yeah, a couple weeks just... ago? Like it has nothing to do with academics. Like it's it's a weird So is it is it like the SAT used to be where it, like like they if you don't finish it, well it's like, twelve minutes long, you. right? It's fifty it? questions. Yeah. It's uh and you have twelve minutes. Twelve minutes, it's time. I think that's Very the point. rarely guys finish it. Uh, is it uh, written? Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. So be, uh, it might actually be electronic now, but okay. you have a, you can I take, take notes. It. It's not like someone's delivering the question. I do, I, I want to take it. Let's do it. As I would I, like to take it also, but I can't have someone say it to me because I, it just, I can't. Yeah, no, yeah, that puts you in a bad spot. Correct. I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I need to take notes and write it down or else I would have known Gertrude was the tallest. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on because there was a, uh, there was a story out that caught my eye the other day. Kevin Love wrote a piece for the Players Tribune. And he opened up about his mental health issues. And I thought it was, it was really, um, it was a revelation for him. And he talked about, we, we talked about on the podcast about DeMar DeRozan, who opened up about his struggles with depression. Well, Kevin Love was a little bit different, I thought, because he came out and he said in November, he was playing in a game and he said he didn't know what happened. He said all of a sudden he couldn't breathe. So he said he, and Ty looked at him, said, are you ready to go back in? And he couldn't even answer him. So he, he was taken off the court, went into the locker room, laid down, said he didn't know what was happening, was taken to the hospital. And he revealed to everybody that he had a panic attack. And he opened up about his uh, struggles with this and went and saw a therapist. And he said it's been great for him. And he said he wanted to open up about his struggles. Now, my initial reaction and this is the very like harsh reality of it was yes, this is going to be uh, praised from everybody. Cause you can't, it, it is a good thing that Kevin love is getting help for something that he struggles with personally. And I'm, I am in agreement with that. I think it is a good thing that he is opening up about this, but from a harsh reality of sports, I was wondering if I'm on the court with him and it's, you know, if you're LeBron with the ball and you're driving down the court, is it coming in the back of your mind like, hey, is this guy mentally ready to knock down a three to win the game? Yeah. Or is he ready, if he gets fouled, to step up to the free throw line in critical situation and knock this down? I That was, to me, was kind of the harsh, like from a teammate perspective, like how does this change the way people think about him? I think it's a valid question. Um And – what they don't do, and they do a great job in the NBA, and I can't speak to the NFL and, and Major League Baseball, but I'm sure they do, of awareness of different type of stuff. Um, mental health is never one of those things, and how to deal with it and how to deal with a teammate if 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 uh, if they should have trouble with it. So you're never really prepared for that as a player. Only if you've like had a friend or a family member or something like that that you've dealt with would you be prepared to deal with a situation like that. So to wonder how a LeBron or a Kobe or – or an MJ would deal with someone like that, I think is, is valid. Um, I, I think most of those guys would have a very low tolerance for it, if I'm being honest. Like, because as a competitor, as a cutthroat competitor, like, I don't have time for anything. Like, I don't have time for you. I'm, I'm, I am looking at that as unfair as it is, as like, uh, he's soft. Like, I gotta keep it moving. Like, I, I, I gotta find someone who can, who can do this. Now, Kevin Love's situation, um, it, 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 it's it's different. I don't know. It's different because I don't think this is something that he's had problems with over the length of his career in terms of it manifesting itself in games and stuff like that. And so um, I don't think that it's something that would affect them. But if this was something where, like, give me if there was a situation where he couldn't 
get the ball from LeBron in the middle of the game and LeBron looked at him and he was like, no, I don't want it. I don't want to, I want it. And then ran off the court. I think your, your point would be like well, spot on. Right. So but, I, I think this kind of, it goes like, well, let's see what happens from here because he came back the next game and dropped 32. So no. like he came back fine, but again, like it, and, and maybe I think the way, the proper way to look at this is, Hey, he gets the help he needs. He's talking to a therapist. So maybe he's a stronger player mentally than he's ever been in his career. If he's finally opening up about this, yeah. but I think, and it's because I think the 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 narrative surrounding this is this is a great thing. Like this is great, but you can do this because you're Kevin Love. You're financially secure. You're one of the best players in the NBA. You know, yeah. relatively well, speaking. Sure. But if this is a borderline player, you like if you would have said this well, in your career, you saw the guy Royce White a few years ago. Yeah. Like with I think he was in Sacramento or wherever. Like, and he couldn't fly. They they don't have time for that. It right. in life, like you can get away with. Certain things, if you have value, if you're adding to the equation, if your pluses outweigh your minuses, you know, if you bring more to the table than you subtract from the equation, and he's still doing that, Kevin Love. So is DeMar DeRozan. So, yes, you could come out and say, like, hey, I've got these issues with mental health, and, you know, I want to own them, and I want to get over it, and the stigma attached to it um, doesn't affect you in the same way that it would if you were a fledgling NBA guy just trying to crack through the league and cut your teeth and make a living. And so... I applaud them, though, for using the platform to further the conversation in sports. I think it, it's one that needs to be had because, again, we're all just people. And I'd make the case that professional athletes, although people say, you know, you're lucky you get to play a game, you make a lot of money. Like the pressure um, of performing in, in those arenas for the amounts of, like, money and, and, and stuff that's at stake, like that's a high-pressure situation. Everyone's not built for that, right. even if your talents are. Mentally, everyone's not built for that type of pressure. And so it's in a, it's, it's a forum in which like mental health is a very serious issue and should be, should be, uh, talked about, conversed about and, and have people educated about. Do you think guys will use this to talk, to talk trash? Like during a game? Do you think I don't they'll think try so. him? You don't, I don't, you don't think they'll go I don't, there? I don't think that they would throw that in his face. I think it's a small enough fraternity of guys, um, that no one would do that. And I think it's the conversation about mental health is to a point where people don't look at it lightly like that like people don't take it for granted it's a serious thing and so i don't know that anyone would uh would would uh would throw that in his face but having said that there are going to be guys to the point that you made earlier or to the suspicion that look at him and say yeah all right we can go at his you know yeah. he's, he's he ain't built for this we're gonna go get him right. whether it's fair or not there will be people who do that right all right let's uh let's lighten it up a little bit and get to some some topics <laughs> Top it. Right, we need I'm like a like bigger, so we need bigger. I think we need like the sirens they play, you know, oh. like. Beow, beow, beow. <laughs> Wait, those those were lasers, no? No, those no, were lasers. You're right. That sounded that's so the totally horn. Annoying. No, that was the okay, horn. Right, you know, when you're listening to the radio and you're stuck oh, yeah. in traffic and you're so annoyed, it's like way too late on a Friday night, yeah. and it's like. Beow, beow. Is that better? <laughs> Lower. I love no, it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us, Tebow? First topic. Uh, in case you missed it, Kobe Bryant won an Oscar for his animated How short. How did you miss it? Hey. basketball. We haven't been together in a couple days. Thoughts? Kobe. He's a talented dude. He is. I, didn't, I, I never watched the uh, actual oh. documentary. I didn't see it either. Oh. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Five minutes and 16 No, I didn't seconds. watch the Oscars either. Guys, is I Is it really five minutes and 16 paper. seconds? Yeah. It's short. Bro. When they got up on stage, I thought he had written like right. a thirty-minute like. No, no, that's no, no, the thing. Was, like, it was short. an animated. No, no, no. This is still. This it's is not letter. like okay. This is love letter. Right? I will say. This is the shape of water. I didn't recognize like any other name on that list, and so obviously, like when I was 
tallying up what who I thought would win everything because I do. Are you a big it. animated short fan though? No, I literally <laughs> was like, oh, Kobe, hopefully, because that's the only name I know on that list. Right. So it was cool that he. It's won all it. rigged. There's no way he wasn't going to win it's this. Not, it is it's so not rigged. rigged. They fall in love with the Kobe Bryant I'm name. Sorry. I have you watched there's, all of them? I no, guarantee you, one of the other no ones were just as good. But if, he's if going to win. If it was all rigged, Get Out would have won everything. Uh, no, that, it's not the same category. No, I know. I'm just saying. No, but they did win some. You're you're saying all of the Oscars are rigged? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the, yeah, they're no, all rigged. You're totally right. And they're all the worst <laughs> movies. Like I'm sorry, but the movies this year sucked. I don't know. That's have my you take. seen any of them? Yes, I've seen several of them. Which Three ones? billboards or whatever outside. I ever. heard it was really good. It was awful. My friends watched it. It wasn't. Yesterday. I won't say awful. So but I should it was not, not Oscar worthy. I should not watch that tonight. Did like, you see Get Out? No. Get Out was fantastic. Get Out was monumental. Like it was so good. I heard it. I've only. It's on HBO now, so I'm trying to watch it. My wife is a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not oh, scary. It's not That's scary. what I didn't think either. But I mean, there was like two scenes and they kind of got suspenseful and she was freaking out. Some of their faces yeah. scared me when they right. stare into your soul. Yeah, it was that actually. That lady was like. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> All right, that's on my much do this, uh, this week. That's our, that's our Oscar talk. Um, <laughs> so another battle. former MVP, Allen Iverson, enjoying his former team in his current city last night with the Sixers visiting the Hornets. Based on a courtside interview, definitely enjoying some other things too. You said you look cool with these glasses. What do you think about the 76ers and what they're showing out here on the floor? I love my guys. I love my little dudes. They're my little guys. <laughs> I love them. What brings you to Charlotte? I live here. Uh, so he was getting skewered for being hammered, but I thought her question they weren't was great. almost question, just yeah. as bad as yeah. him. Don't trash my girl Molly. Oh, is it, was that, that was your girl Molly? Um, no, but he was uh, – but. I think it's kind of what? his Just MO Chuck now. being Chuck. But look, he's a retired player there to see yeah, a what game. Are you supposed to if ask? you if you if you question, I don't know, thirty five percent of the people sitting in his seats, they'd be hammered too. Yeah. Like he's there having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I say no shame. And I don't think it was that bad. We've seen a lot worse interviews from guys. Yeah. Those yeah, are my we've little seen dudes. try to kiss Susie Colbert. Like we've seen a lot worse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we put it on a scale. Yes. Nowhere close. Iverson to name it. No, not even right. close. Swipe left on Gallinari's ankle, swipe right on DeAndre Dunks. So Hannah's favorite app will soon be featured on NBA Shut jerseys. Up. Edit that out. I don't even have that app. Come on. The Clippers will soon add a sponsorship patch with the dating app Bumble. LA saying the partnership more than a patch and they are proud to stand with Bumble for diversity and gender equality. Hannah. Hey, what's remember up? that remember that app you found that girl on where you almost passed out on the date? Was it Bumble? True or false? That was Mumble. Hold on. Bumble. 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 Raja and I have been out of the dating game for a while. Let's just straighten this up, all right? Because Tinder is everybody likes everybody, right? What makes Bumble different? It's the girls do the... Tinder is They have for to message fools, first. First of all. So how is that gender girls, equality? If the, how is that... It's because the girls have to make the first move. But why is that Why is that gender... If the guys can't make a move, why I think is it's that stupid. equal? I don't have it. I would never, oh, I would never want to reach out to this. anyone. Are you on Tinder, though? No. Really? Never I am on it? a dating app, but it's, we won't, it's uh, neither of those. App. We won't disclose that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good for the Clippers. Did you guys ever go on a roller skating date back in the day? Heck yeah. Well, the Cavaliers, they went on a roller skating activity as a team after I lost to the Nuggets over the weekend because well, apparently, I guess exactly. it's 1994. What's the best team activity you guys ever went on? Wait, is Go that to the bar and getting smashed. <laughs> right? As a team. Exactly. Like, like let's go get it in, man. Let's, 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 uh, let's just chalk it up to, to whatever happened, happened. We'll regroup and get back in the gym tomorrow. But tonight, 
It's Guinness right. and uh, Those were always the best. Did. The best yeah. moments with the team were always improvised, like last minute, spont- spontaneous. Like, hey, you get home from a road trip. It's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. And everybody's like, hey, let's go to this bar yep. and meet there. But the best team activity I was ever a part of, Denver Broncos, we were towards the end of our off-season workouts, like our OTAs. And it was like at practice 14 or 15. And we get out there and we do our warm-ups and we're getting ready. It was kind of a long practice scripted, like you had a lot of plays where we're going to get through. And Mike Shanahan called us up, and he was like, you know what? You guys have been doing a good job. We're, you know, we're really going to get after it today. He goes, we're going to do some something different. And he goes, we're going bowling. And I'm telling you, you would have thought guys won, won the lottery, like the way they were so excited because nobody likes practice. And so all of a sudden, we hopped on buses, went to the bowling alley, and, and bowled for two yeah, hours. It was great. Amazing. No, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. The final- roller skating, by the way, you asked if we ever went on a date. I never did a date roller skating because I was too young. Wait, but it was like the school the activity. Four, the four wheels, like <laughs> like the square. Whoa. Wait a second. You don't even know what it is? Like yeah, roller, roller blading. Roller yeah, blading. Like in is... them in a line. But yeah. skating is, okay. Yeah. I've never, never done that. been roller skating? No, I've never done that. Uh, it sounds you, like You a... are deprived then. We need it to is take fun. this. Oh, like we need to head to the local rink. Right, right. I can't ever find skates if they... Oh, you can't. Off the best team activity. What well, was a yes. big deal? Like team that was building. that was like one of your first experiences as a dude where you had to go ask a girl. So to here's, skate the, with here's you. The, this is always what? a, a window into someone's to soul. It. Oh yeah. Were you like a were you like a like let's just get around the rink or were you like a dance skater who would skate backwards <laughs> and all of that or were you just like I'm I was here just let's get around to the stay rink. Up, right. And I was not a very good skater so I actually that was kind of my play. Yeah, I was like was to act clumsy and say I need your help let's hold hands so I can hold on to you. Shut up! I would totally fall for that. Wait, what was your move? I didn't have a move. I just be there to skate. Like, you wouldn't dance? No, I'm not I a would dancer. totally no. be that idiot, like, <laughs> yeah, breaking it down. People dancing. Triple yeah. axle on the... Triple axle. <laughs> All right. Final topic. We have to sneak this one in here. A ref that sometimes is as much of the show, Raja, as the players is hanging up the whistle, but probably not the curls or the bench press. Notably, an excessively jacked ref, Ed Hockley, retires after 27 years. Pour one out, Raja. Ed Hercules, baby. We'll holla, man. I know, but like a staple of football. Like I, he, He's like... You know, you say it was a voice of my childhood when you watch football. Like he was like a ref of my childhood watching watching football. Right? Yeah, his pipes are legendary. Yeah. Given the first down, where it kind of looks like he doesn't have much flexibility, it's yeah. just so across because he's been doing curls for days. <laughs> but he is really like he is he is a recognizable staple of the NFL. So it's sad to see him go, and it's a fan favorite too. So uh, best wishes to him. His Definitely son actually, one I think, is a rep too. So maybe we got we'll get promoted. His, his pipes in there as well. Um, all right, that's it, man. Hope you guys enjoyed the new bells and whistles. Thanks to Dan Orlovsky for joining us. Make sure you go to uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe, download to us. Anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, you can do the same. Leave us that five-star review on our iTunes page. If you do, we will answer your questions. Leave us a question in there. Leave we'll us a answer good one those for on Friday. Friday. Yeah, we need good questions. We'll also give you a signed Danny Cannell card because we have too many of them. We're trying to dump them. So <laughs> even if you don't want it, like you can use it for whatever. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Cannell and Bell or on Instagram, same handle at Cannell and Bell. Thanks for checking us out. We'll see you next time.